The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio is speaking. But if you've been with us over the past few weeks, I mean, look at this story of Abraham in the Bible. This is back in Genesis, the beginning of the Bible. This is this kind of old patriarch of, of the faith. So if you've heard of any kind of Bible stuff, it's like Father Abraham. He had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. Like this, he's kind of this original guy that brought forth this nation of Israel. It becomes this kind of central character through much, much of the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, but of course even in, into the New Testament. So we've been looking at this guy, and what's been fun about this guy that we've kind of discovered is that he's just an ordinary guy. He ends up being this powerful man of faith, and the, and the New Testament writers will look back and like, guys, think about Abraham. He was amazing. He was a person of faith. But we just look back at his life. He was kind of up and down. He had a lot of challenges. He had some very questionable character along the way. Uh, he didn't always know what he was doing. He, you know, he made poor choices. He, he was just kind of kind of floundering a little bit. But God used this guy according to his purposes. And so the past few weeks, we've looked at this kind of early part of his journey. And, and kind of his formation. And now we talk about Abraham, and, and we've talked about this in the past weeks. He didn't come from like his Christian background or, 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 or in the Bible, like his Jewish history. His parents were pagans. He had, his parents worshiped idols. He was just this very normal guy that God said, hey, man, I want to do something cool with you. And he calls this guy out, and he speaks to Abraham. Abraham, begin to follow me. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you this land, and I'm going to give you descendants. I'm going to give you uh, a nation. And so Abraham's like, uh, okay, and he, and he starts to move on this journey, probably even a little bit confused about how this was going to go. And so as we continue to color the story, one of the things we want to remember as we look at the ancient world is their view of God. Their worldview of God uh, was, was very different than probably you and I carry today, even if you have none. They, they certainly believed in, in God, or, or more accurately, gods. They, they believed in gods. There are many gods, and the gods controlled everything, right? The, the weather, the crops, people, all these things, the gods were over. And these gods were not particularly friendly. The god, the worldview of the gods is they were generally angry at people, and so people's deal was try to make the gods happy. And, and, and some of that carries even today. Some of us kind of feel that way. Like, God's angry. i got to try to make him happy. But in Abraham's time, that's where they had idols and these, these sacrifices and all these things because if the gods got angry, it meant bad things. It meant bad weather. It meant no crops and, uh, and so on. Even to our classical sort of Greek era, right, mythological characters like Zeus and, and Hades and Poseidon, like they, they, they churned up the world and they did, they did really, like, threatening things to humankind if humankind didn't respond well to, to these gods. And these gods didn't make it a particular point in the, in the, in the, in the old worldview to have relationship with the people. That was not something they would have understood. As, as we look at Abraham, as God steps into his life, as this, this divine steps into his life, we have to remember that that was very, a very abnormal thing. Even more abnormal than like today, like, oh yeah, God speaks to me, which still sounds kind of weird. At this time, like, absolutely weird. Like, gods did not just jump in and begin to interact with humankind, and let alone interact, but also say, hey, I have something really good for you. I'm going to do something for you. This writer of this, of this story really begins to flip the script very early on, before this nation of Israel is even formed, before we have all these, these stories in the Old Testament, kind of flips the script on the worldview, says, this God is different. This God insists he's going to do something for Abraham. This is very upside down. This is, this is a God who wants to do good for a person, not just about people trying to do good for the gods to keep the gods happy. 
And so this is pretty amazing. This is, this is a very important and central sort of idea to the formation of this God character that we'll find in the Bible. He, he's he's interacted, interactive with humankind and actually wants good for humankind. Again, very different than, than, the, than the prevailing world view. So we'll pick up in, in uh, Genesis 13. And I got some stuff on the screen, and I'll just kind of read it, and we'll, we'll make some comments. And, and last week, we talked about this passage. So Abram, I'm not sure if I have this one, uh, Alex, first, first one. So Abram went up from Egypt to Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and silver and gold. From the Negev, he went from place to place until, until he came to Bethel, and the place between Bethel and Ia, where, where his tent had been earlier. And where he had first built his altar. There Abram called upon the name of the Lord. So the backstory here is Abraham's been on this journey. He made some really bad decisions, basically selling his wife into prostitution in Egypt. And now he's come out of that. And you'll have to, if you don't, if you don't know that story, I'll fill you in later. It's a very strange, bizarre story. But Abraham's coming out of that. And he's come back to this altar like, oh man, I need to reset my life. Things are just getting a little out of hand. Like I just sold my, sold my wife off to Pharaoh. I've gone too far, right? Like everything seemed okay and now it's, now it's not. So he's come, he's come out of that and he's come back to an altar. And it goes, it goes on, on from here. Now Lot, who was moving with Abram, so Lot was his, his nephew, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. So Abram says to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. It's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So we, we, we've learned earlier, these, both these guys have amassed quite a bit of stuff. They've got livestock and land and people, and they're doing very well for themselves, and they're traveling together. And it seems to me that there's this point where they're starting to get, they're starting to fight. They're starting to turn on one another a little bit, specifically their herdsmen, because there's just not enough land to go around for all this livestock. And the word's getting back, and they're, and they're, and they're fighting not because maybe a few you know, pages back there was famine and there was nothing. Now they're fighting because there's too much. They're fighting because they have too much stuff, right? More money, more problems. Right? It's just gotten out of hand for these two guys. And you can almost feel the pressure building up if we kind of look back at this story. The, the herdsmen are kind of getting short with one another because that guy brought his sheep over there and his sheep over here. Oh, that's my grass. You can't bring your sheep over you know? And it's kind of getting all mixed up in this land because they have, they have all this, this sort of wealth amassed. And it's somehow in the subtext, something gets back to Lot and, and to Abraham. There's, there has to be some kind of tension in here because Abraham brings this up. There's this tension building between these two who are, who are relatives and have done a lot, of, a lot of work together, a lot of traveling together, a lot of building and amassing wealth together. Now there's this pressure building up. There's this little tension in the relationship. And Abraham's probably starting to sense, like, hey, this whole thing could explode unless we do something. Unless, I, unless we figure something out. So he says, let's not have any quarrel, quarreling between you and I or between your herders because we're close relatives. Like, this is, what we have is more important than all this stuff, which is just a great lesson for all of us. Our relationships, our family, more important than all this stuff. He says, it's not the whole land before you. He says, let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. He's like, let me just get out of the way. You pick whatever you want, and then I'll take whatever's left. He says, you, you go ahead and go. Because he's just feeling this whole thing's going to blow up, so let me get out of the way. Let me get out of the way. And there's great wisdom here for Abram in this, in this moment to not try to, to, to fight for it or, or to throw seniority on, on Lot 
uh, or to, if we just separated this way, says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to bow out of this one because there's just a lot of pressure here and let, let you go your way and I'm just going to, I'm going to step back. I don't know if you guys have been on these kind of roads. Many of you probably have. But when we go up to Sequoia or Yosemite, you get a lot of times on these windy mountain roads, right? And they're usually with just one lane or, or two lanes going, going uh, opposite directions. And you go up, and, I, and I, 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 we usually have kind of a little bit of a heavy load, and we tend to be one of the slower vehicles. And, and we're going up these roads into Sequoia, and you notice like there's a car right behind you. And you're like, oh, come on, dude. And, like, just back off. It's not that, not that important. You know, the speed limit's 40. I'm going 60. You're fine. You're cruising along. All of a sudden, there's like two cars, three cars, four cars. And at some point, there's like 10 cars like right on your tail. And you look back, and this is just, this is me. I look back, and I just feel like all their irritation like burning into the back of my neck. Like, they just hate me that much. So they're like, what is wrong with that guy? You know, what is wrong with that guy? Because there's this tension building up that we kind of, we kind of feel that. When there's people waiting to get past us and they have other things to go, they want to drive faster, and you're like, oh my gosh, man, settle down. But there's this beautiful piece of engineering on our mountain roads called their turnout. And the turnout basically gives permission to get out of the way. It says, you know what, don't even worry about that. Don't worry about the 10 guys who want to go up the hill like much faster than you. Just pull off to the side and let them, let them go by. Right? Spare yourself the irritation. Sometimes I almost, I don't know, I, mean, I, like the, almost, I almost like the irritation. Like, whatever, guys, suck it up. I'm just going to go slow, you know? But that's not really healthy for anybody. But these turnouts say, just get out of the way. And if you've been behind somebody who's not using the turnout, you know how irritating that can be. Like, dude, use the turnout. Like, get out of the way. I'm trying to get up the mountain. Use the turnout. And so in some sense, some sense of Abraham here, there's this pressure building up of all this stuff. He's like, I'm just going get, to get out of the way. There's too much stuff happening. I'm just going to pull, pull out. You go on. You go on. And the turnout, which is really beautiful, and it's something I think we can embrace more in life, it's permission to slow down and let others go by. Slow down and let others go by. It's okay. You don't have to be in the front. You don't have to go as fast as everybody. You don't have to have the car that everybody has. Like, just pull over for a second. Slow down and let the others go by. And some of us really need to hear that, because I know I wrestle with that sometimes. All these things we have to keep up, but just, you can use the turnout in life. Just, just take a break. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing, all the pressure building up behind you to, to keep up, to keep to certain speed. You don't have to keep up. Right? You don't have to be the, the perfect mom that everyone else is, or the perfect dad, or, or make this much money, or have the perfect job, or the perfect career, or be in this school. I mean, it's okay. Let that pressure go just for a second, pull over, and regroup. You can let a couple things go by. You don't have to drive as fast as everybody else. Now, some of us, we're just stubborn, right? And we'll just gash our car until no end, until it gets really unsafe for us and everybody else, because we're just, I'm not using the turnout, let's go faster, right? But at some point, that gets, that gets kind of dangerous. And if you're feeling some of that, I, I just want to speak that. You have permission to use the turnout, that's what it's for. And life, just back out for a second, like, you know what? There's a lot of pressure coming up from this way. I don't need that. It's okay, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to let that go. But maybe it's work, it's friends, it's, it's relationships, it's, it's finances, it's getting the perfect house or car. Like, it's okay, let it pass for now and just chill out. And so because Abraham in his wisdom, he knows it's getting unhealthy. He's like, it's just, it's just too much pressure here. I'm out. You go on. Pick your land. I'm on a different journey. I'll take the turnout. You go by. Whatever's, whatever's left, I'll sort that out. And there's just a lot of wisdom in that. And Abraham doesn't, doesn't send Lot on his way because he's like, well, if I get rid of Lot, I'll have more or God will bless me. He just sees where it can go wrong, and he takes a preventative route versus this like reactive one down the road where things get really messy. And that's super important in life. If you see things 
starting to build up, relationships starting to train, strain, like just take a second, back out, do what you have to do, create some distance from it, and maybe let it go by, let those things go on their own way before it blows up and gets really ugly. And so, and Abraham even does this generously. He's like, yeah, you guys take whatever you want. I'm just going to, I'm going to step aside. Passage goes on in Genesis uh, 13, 10. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zor, Zor was watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abraham, Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. And then the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are, to the north and south, to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. There he built an altar to the Lord. So Abraham comes back to this altar moment. But, but this, is, this is kind of interesting because previously the language for, for Abraham had said, I'm going to give you all this, stuff, all this stuff to your descendants. If you've been following this story for the past few weeks, God said, hey, I've got something for your descendants. Like Abraham wasn't sure he was going to get anything at all, but he was still following this cause. I'm going to give it to your descendants. But now, because if we were to go back, God actually called Abraham to leave his family and he took Lot with him. So see, now Lot's out of the way. God's like, all right, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give this to you. All this, all this is yours. This land is going to be yours. And, and, and Abraham begins to prosper after Lot leaves because it goes back to this original arrangement that God made for him that he kind of just didn't quite fully buy into, which is okay. God said, hey, leave everything and, and go into this, this new land. Abraham's like, I'll do it, but I'm definitely taking Lot with me. It's like, all right. But now that he's part of ways, God said, all right, let me show you something else. Let me, I'm going to show you how I'm going to bless you now that we've, now that we've kind of separated you guys out. And things in our life that are, are holding us back like that can be frustrating, even if you don't know it, right? Things that are holding us back from a better reality. And it wasn't that Lot was inherently evil. There wasn't like his, he was this bad person, like, oh, you got to get him out of your life. It was just a, Abraham had had a different calling on his life. He had a different purpose from God, and it wasn't to be sharing all this stuff with his, his family. And there was a separation that happened, and it began to open up this new reality for Abram. And for you and I, very likely that could be people in your life. There may be people you just need distance from. You need to create some separation from in your life. Because you just stick it out because, like, you're, you're whatever, your friends or family or relationship, like, we'll just stick it out. But there's this tension there that's not healthy. And Abram, he lets that go. And all of a sudden, there's this kind of new blessing in his life. This new reality opens up before him. And maybe that's ideas or things in your head or desires or it's money or things. And these things that you just like, you need to create some, some space from that. Let that go and see maybe what God has for you apart from those things. And God's dealing, he, he's so generous, obviously, with Abraham and all of us. It wasn't like, well, as long as, you know, Lot's there, I'm not going to take care of you. No, God's, God's fine. He takes care of us. But he's like, also like, hey, I have something better for you when you're ready. When you're ready to let go of that thing, if you're ready to let go of that person, that part of your life, that idea, that, that chase, I actually have something else for you. Something else that's better. God's dealings are, are, are generally for the best, right? For the, for the, for the good of us. And we kind of looked, talked about that early, earlier on. God wants the best for us. He wanted the best for Abraham. And Abraham kind of found himself in this moment that catalyzed this, this, 
this release of this person. And those are important things for us to look out for in life. Like, man, that thing's been rubbing me wrong for a while. I've just felt a little bit bad about that for a while. And it gets worse and worse, and you live with it, and you live with it, you live with it, and then you kind of begin to not even notice it anymore. And you finally open up your eyes one day, like, oh my gosh, I need space in that. And we'll see what God wants to put back in your life. And we all have those things. Have you ever heard somebody say this, or you've said this, you've thought this, or done it, like, oh, I had to unfollow them because... I had to unfollow them because, or because their life was just obnoxious. Like, too many vacations, too perfect. Like, you just, it just made you too envious. Like, you, you had to create space from that person, that thing. Like, in this sort of weird world of social media or Instagram. But that's what that is. It's this thing is making me angry and envious and feel all these things that are not, not very human in, in the ultimate sense of the hu- word of human, the ultimate reality of, of humanness. They made you feel kind of ugly and dirty. And so, you know, I got to unfollow them because they're making me feel bad towards someone who maybe doesn't even know me or know I feel this way. And it's a very practical thing. And it's kind of sad that we even live in that world, but it's, that's, that's sometimes where it comes down to. If something on your screen is irritating you that much that you're like, you all of a sudden are judging and like hating someone on the other side, let it go. Don't unfollow them, you know? It also says a lot more about us than the person. So we have to always acknowledge that. And usually the things are about you. It's not the person. The person's fine. They're free to do whatever they want. If they want to go on vacation every day for their life, like, and they can afford that, good for them. It's not their problem. The fact that you feel that way is, is, on, is on you. But take some steps to alleviate that. Maybe it's people you see or places you go or, 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 or where's you, places you interact. It's, it's your job, and it makes you feel a certain way. It's time to back off a little bit. Tell them to back off for a little bit. And so I don't know what you need distance from. And we're going to close out right here, but we're in a, I don't know what you, you need distance from in your life. And I, we all need distance from something. There's these things in our life that are not healthy. They keep us from the best version of ourselves. They keep us from this more perfect reality that I would, I would believe God or the divine has for us and for you. I don't know what that is. I don't know what you need to let go of. But you need to say, I'm just going to part ways here. You go that way. I'll go this way. I'm going to take the turnout, let everything go by, because I just need to chill. But I would pray. I'm going to pray for you. And I, and I would say, maybe you have, maybe you have the wisdom to see those things. Because that's, that's, that's the first thing. You have the wisdom to see those things. There's pressure building up, and there's unhealth coming. And may you have the courage to do something about it. So, God, we thank you for the story of the Bible and Abraham. Just the, honest, the honesty of it, Lord. Abraham's like, I got to unfollow that guy because it's just making me uncomfortable. And they parted ways. And so for us in this room today, Lord, maybe we have the wisdom to see those things that we need separation from, that we need to create some distance from. May we have the courage to do something about it. So we thank you for your grace and for your story and for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Again, that website address is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.